0: Hello, welcome back to the More Than Ever podcast. I'm your host and senior pastor of Church at the Mill, DJ Horton. And for those of you who may be tuning in for the very first time, this More Than Ever series is a series of podcasts we're doing in uh, combination with a churchwide emphasis where we're really digging deep into our vision. Uh, We're asking people to be extraordinarily generous and sacrificial in their giving. We're asking people to serve and step up. And if you're new to Church at the Mill, our story is not one that's uncommon. We are a church that was started on the west side of Spartanburg back in the late 80s with 30 people in a living room of a retired pastor. And yet, through God's grace, we've seen some explosive growth. And we just decided as a church we needed to do something with this opportunity. So more than ever has driven us to look deep into our vision and to ask some hard questions and to really make sure we're articulating all of what we believe the Lord has called us to do. And it's been fun. We've dropped several podcasts. Thank you for listening. For those of you who've come back, Uh, who've subscribed, we see that and we're greatly appreciated. And as I always say, we want this to be an encouragement to our church family, but we also would love our audience to broaden. Maybe you're listening and you're a part of another church. Maybe you're a leader or a pastor. We hope and pray you can glean something from the things we've learned, the mistakes we've made, the journey that we've been on. If you enjoy this podcast, do us a favor and like it and make sure you subscribe and share it with some folks. I know I've texted several of our episodes to friends of mine that I thought could benefit and others that I wanted their feedback from. We come today to a topic that I'm excited to discuss, and I'm excited to discuss it with none other than two church members. That's right. This is a podcast with me as pastor with two church members um, who we just wanted to have a conversation about church with people who come to church. I love to hear experts and professionals and consultants and Of course, if you're a pastor, you grow to love other pastors and seminary professors, and I'm always interested to speak to people who study culture, but my heart has always been the laity. I love the folks in our church, the everyday moms and dads, husbands and wives who are trying to make a difference. And... Today's conversation really dives off of a phrase in the way we're communicating our vision. The vision of Church of the Mill is to become a deeply faithful, remarkably healthy, highly impactful, multi-site church. And it is that last phrase that we want to spend some time talking about. highly impactful. What does that mean? Is it arrogant of a church to say that it wants to have a high impact? Uh, is it even the right focus? What kind of impact are we talking about? What impact are we having on regular people, everyday folks who do life in our community, which for those of you outside of our community is the upstate of South Carolina, more specifically the city of Spartanburg and the surrounding communities that make up the Spartanburg County and the uh, really uh, parts of Greenville County. What does it mean to have an impact where we are? So let's dive right into the discussion. I'm gonna welcome my two guests, Gabe O'Sullivan and Catherine Massingill. Hello. 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 Thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Let's start with introduction. Ladies first, Catherine, who is Catherine Massingill?
1: Wow. Um, I'm just um a Wife, a mom. I'm 38. I'm from a little small town of Buffalo, South Carolina. Just
0: Buffalo. I have been to it. Buffalo.
1: And you, if you blinked, you missed it. That's but right. I grew up there, and then um, my husband and I met in college, and then have been in Spartanburg ever since. Um, and I work as a PA, a physician assistant, in doing OBGYN. I've been doing that since 2009.
0: Where'd you go to college?
1: Um, Presbyterian College. Don't judge for the PC. it's That's okay. okay. No, no, no,
0: no, okay. no, no. No. I'm listen. I'm 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 a Presbyterian dressed as a Baptist. If it, okay. if it weren't for infant <laughs> baptism, I'm I'm all about some Presbyterian theology. I, I love my Presbyterian brothers. Um, and so, so you go to Presbyterian College, you, you become a physician's assistant. Yes. Go to PA school for for that. Was that at PC as well? That
1: was at MUSC in Charleston. That's the farthest I've ever moved away. That's so. a great
0: place to live, though. For it, it wasn't bad how many for, years were you down there?
1: That was like two years.
0: Yeah, so. that's pretty long enough to eat too much of that good food, doesn't it? Yes. There.
1: Then I had to get back to the upstate. That's
0: exactly right. Laurel and I, you know, of course, you know, we went to seminary in New Orleans, and that's the thing I miss the most. I love the people, but I miss the food, the food. big like time. So is your husband from the upstate as well?
1: He is not. He's from Georgia. Georgia, Watkinsville, Georgia, another little small town right outside of Athens. But I couldn't leave South Carolina. So when we met in college...
0: Was he going to PC?
1: Yes, that's where he met, was at PC. Okay.
0: How did he get from Georgia to PC? What, did he play ball? Football. Football. So he played football at PC. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. All right. So... So you, you married a football player? I did. And you guys settled in Spartanburg. How long have you been a part of Church at the Mill?
1: Since 2020.
0: Okay. So you're relatively new, and you came to us during COVID.
1: We did. We figured, you know, the middle of the pandemic, let's change everything, which is a lot of things. That's
0: exactly right. Yeah. Just, just come on in. Come on in. So how did you hear about us? Like, obviously, you're already in the community. You and your husband were believers. Yes. And, and I meant to ask you about that. When did you grow? Did you come to faith as a little girl, a young lady? When did you come to faith?
1: I did. I was six. I was really young, Um. Grew up in a really small church, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Putman Baptist. It's really, really small. I know where it is, it's, I mean, this big, I know. but um, so I came to faith when I was really young and grew up around here. But then we were going to other, another church here in Spartburg, and then in 2020, just had a lot of friends here live close by, so the location was really good. And just, yeah, um, honestly, a lot of the programming for the children really appealed to us. Tell
0: it's, me about your kids, how many you got? Oh,
1: you want one? Uh, we've got.
0: No, I have. I have a few. You,
1: you got. You got enough. But we yeah. have three little boys. I say little. Our oldest is eleven. So they're seven, almost nine, and eleven. See
0: when boys. they get that age, they start stinking.
1: They do yeah, deodorant. Yeah. Is, it only is gets worse. Friend. Yeah, I and know.
0: hygiene's of a low low. They don't. They they, they
1: don't. Yeah, know. they'll
0: forget to bathe and brush their teeth. I'm and hoping kind of as thing. they
1: care about girls that, that that's exactly to, what
0: cleans their life up. Okay. And then and then they marry a girl. She has some kids and then her hygiene goes out the window. Okay. You know. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> kind of the way it works. She's so busy she forgets to bathe. Uh so so you guys uh, are really representing uh, kind of the bread and butter of what we are as a church. A lot of, lot of young families uh, raising raising their children in our church. And and then, and then there's people who are not so young, like Gabe O'Sullivan. Tell us about <laughs> yourself, Gabe. That's
2: right. Yeah, 45-year-old. Um,
0: man, that is old, I know. Oh that's old. No. Sadly, that's how old your pastor is. That's, that's
2: right. Half a 90. But uh, yeah, man, from Spartanburg, born and raised, yeah. basically. I uh, grew up. Grew up here married to my high school sweetheart uh, we mm-hmm. have three children yep. 16 11 and six uh, my wife bathes every day
0: amen hey, that's There's a some, good deal her yeah. hygiene so, yeah. go I, I know her though. I know she her not, did not, did not I can honestly say I've never smelt her so think she does.
2: so I'm thankfully you know that didn't go out the window with the kids that's uh, right so she uh She and I did not go to the same college. She went to Carolina. I went to Clemson. Mm -hmm. And uh, we figured if we could survive that, we could survive anything. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, I practiced chiropractic here in town, and she's like our business office and life manager. uh, And how long have
0: you been at Church at the Mill?
2: Brother, we started here. I guess I was nine or ten years old. so It was 1988. It was still actually a mission. It wasn't even a commissioned church yet. Yeah, uh, we were still in the shopping center up the street. And um, Pastor Lattelmilk actually was the one that like laid out the gospel and explained it to me and
0: amen um, led me to the Lord. And for those of you um, listening, Pastor Lattelmilk was the founding pastor. Mm-hmm, yeah, it was a
2: it was a blessing. I'd been to a I'd been to a summer camp where I mm-hmm. had the gospel explained to me and sure. thought that I was a Christian because I had went to church every now and then and read my right. Bible every now and then and. Mm-hmm. Uh, something at that camp uh, in one of the talks, it was just like you know you do not know Christ as your Savior, and so I, I kind of walked away from that wondering. And uh, I, it was later that summer, the next summer, Pastor milk just really explained the gospel to me and yeah. gave my life to the Lord. So I've been been here ever since.
0: And I love I love the dichotomy here. We have a a wife and a mom who've been here about three years, three uh, yeah, three years now, over three years. And then you guys have been here since day one, and the church started in 1988. And you're really a son of the church. You're you're a child of the church. You were mm-hmm. growing up here, so you did children's ministry, youth ministry, went through college. Of course, you were away at Clemson, then you came back to chiropractic school here in town, Sherman mm-hmm. College. Yes, and then and then you start your professional life and and raise your family, and then uh, your wife Ryan was on the search committee. That yep. interviewed me. She was the young person on on the committee, and and then right. and then and then she has become one of the closest friends that my wife has ever had. So our families are deeply connected, and yet there's been room and an explosive growth. It's funny you mentioned Catherine uh, COVID. I mean we we've seen an extra measure of growth since COVID, and that speaks to the idea of highly impactful. So you know I think I could ask five or ten pastors or consultants or church growth specialists what they mean, but I. I want to know what the laity thinks. So Catherine, when you hear that our church is pushing into trying to be highly impactful, what does that mean to you?
1: I mean, so I think Spartanburg's obviously growing yeah. rapidly, which yes. I have mixed of feelings about. But Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Especially at five o'clock in the afternoon yes, when you're trying to get around. Yes.
1: But we have our the our opportunity to be impactful is increased. So mm. I think we have to change how we're gonna be impactful. But
0: that's right.
1: Um just the way this church has impacted our family has been amazing. And How is that? Um, I think Caleb, my husband, I would agree that one of the biggest things we've seen is with our oldest son, Wilson. Okay, um, he was actually saved right before we joined this church. Um, right, but then just since then, the way he like is devoted to doing his quiet time, Amen. and I mean, it, it's 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 mind blowing. It, it's a humble reminder as a as an adult when you yeah. see your child getting in the word. You, you're not going to miss your time in the word. That's um, right. You know, we're supposed to be setting the example for them, but I see him setting the example for us just by how he's being taught and right. the habits he's being, that are being instilled in him. Sure. So that's been huge for us.
0: Well, you think about an 11 year old boy. I mean, you know, you, you look at him you remember that baby you brought home from the hospital, but then you're going to blink and he's going to be bigger than you. And his voice is going to start cracking and he's <laughs> going to smell worse and all that. But you know, there's so many things that parents want to keep their children from. And that's not a bad thing, but I can't imagine anything I'd want my children to do more than to learn to spend time with the Lord and and that impact on his life and that really speaks to when I think of impact I don't think of crowds I think of individual people you know growing in their in their faith Gabe I bet it's hard for you to capture in in a response worthy of a podcast, the impact Church at the Mills had on your life. Because you've been here so long, you don't know where you end and church begins. You're currently serving as our chairman of deacons, so you and I are kind of up to our elbows in church stuff, and it's, it's a good thing. But at the same time, you've seen our church go through deep valleys and mountains. How do you capture, in a few thoughts, what this church's impact on your life has been?
2: So certainly helped me grow closer to the Lord and mm-hmm. be hopefully more faithful to Him yep. and have a framework to then leave my children that way and my wife that way as well. Because like you said, the main thing we pray for our kids and I think our spouses and ourselves is that we would follow the Lord with all of our hearts mm-hmm. and that we would never leave Him or forsake mm-hmm. Him because He's never going to leave or forsake us. Yep. And so having that um, that corporate a group of believers around you to help spur you on, to help mm. keep you accountable, to help you grow more faithful every day uh, is is just un- unbelievable. And I, mm. I was when you were asking that question to Catherine, I, I couldn't help but think about um, an example about being highly impactful. Where this fellow that's in our our, our, our small group, um, he came into our small group, new believer, hadn't ever been connected in a church. They came here, got in the group. Uh started serving on the security team and um and now he basically has a uh I'll say th- th- a truck stop ministry mm-hmm. where he goes between here and North Dakota every every week, uh, yeah. delivering BMW. He's an over the road truck driver. Yeah. And he's uh he's sharing the gospel at, mm. at diesel truck
0: stops and that that began that, through that our began church.
2: through here. Yeah, man. So you're talking about being highly impactful. That that mm. right there says a lot to me.
0: When you think about high impact, you know, Catherine, in medical care, and specifically, you've devoted your life to caring for women, you know, which is a beautiful thing. Having my wife did all the work, but having a (laughs) small part in six children coming into the world, I saw her get a lot of OB care from PAs and physicians, and that is a ministry in and of itself. And it's probably full of some really, really good days, but you also just see the spiritual need in people's lives uh, by the care you're giving them. How, how would you frame that up? When you think about a church that really does set its sight on a whole community, what kind of impact do you think people need? In other words, what are you seeing in your profession about the condition of people?
1: I'm thankful for this. Biblical truths that you give us on Sundays mm-hmm. that I can carry over into it yeah. on Monday through Friday because you work. find
0: yourself counseling more than prescribing, Absolutely. don't you?
1: Absolutely, I'd, I'd prefer to do that anyway. Really, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but there's, I mean, people have questions, lots of questions, and mm-hmm. I, I, I try to I pray every morning before I start seeing patients that I'll you know use the words that the Lord wants me to use, and yes, counsel in godly ways, um, and it helps to have a church that's guiding me that way to to do that. And, sure, because there's. Tough topics out there that people are searching for answers
0: to. That's, well, I, I can th- I can think of three in my mind that would cross that would intersect with you that I've dealt with in the last year. Which is, of course, uh, you know uh, the 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 brokenness someone feels when there is a, uh, a a pregnancy or a health issue where something's wrong. Yes. The second one would be you know the whole discussion that now. People uh, who don't have our worldview have coined reproductive rights, which is really the issue around abortion, of course, right. which the Scripture teaches against. And then the third one would be people understanding that your sex is your gender, yes. and your gender is your sex. And I imagine all three of those situations walk into your life on a consistent basis,
1: almost daily.
0: Yeah, it's
1: it's tough, but it's I feel honestly I feel blessed that I'm in a position that I'm able to sure. have this conversation. I'm thankful for it. I've, I feel like originally. One of the reasons I went into doing OBGYN was like just a passion for like um abstinence until marriage. Like that's really kind of what drove me to it yeah. originally. Um, but then now all these other, you know, biblical truths that we that's have right. to to share with these women is such a, a blessing. And nothing I n I didn't anticipate seeing men right at my practice, you know. Right. But um Here they come. Here they come. And so it's it's an opportunity to share the gospel.
0: Well, and I think that's the issue. Is you know the one thing I think that, that all those people have in common that you set with or, or that come to you, not one of them's coming to me. But 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 the preaching of the word and the teaching of the word from a church, whether it be your small group, your pastor, a friend, whomever, I'm certainly not the only source of godly wisdom in your life.
1: You're pretty good. When
0: you're well, I, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to. Re- well, this is being recorded. But uh, <laughs> I, but but that gets truth in the room. Yeah through you, the vehicle. And, you know, Gabe, in your profession as, as a chiropractor, you know, and, and and really one who cares deeply about holistic health and, 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 and putting the body in the best possible position to heal. So, you know, years ago, really not by this church's example, but by your late father's example, uh, you know, you saw a chiropractor to practice as a way for you to do ministry on people. You pray for them. How is the impact of the church on your life carried over to you impacting people uh, in, in your practice, like Catherine talked about? Yeah, I
2: think it's a, a reminder that we have, you know, almost weekly of that you're on your mission field as soon as you walk out the door. You know, when you get into your profession every day, there's your opportunity right there to show Christ to someone. Mm-hmm. And so like, we can't just look at our profession as just the way to make money. Like that is not it at all. There's mm. no, there's eventually there's gonna be no fulfillment in that. Yeah. And to be able to use your profession as a way to share Christ's love and to minister to people like now, all of a sudden you're not just a chiropractor, you're a minister as well, mm. you know, and that's, um, and again, being reminded of that, you know, I'd say weekly, monthly, at least, you know, that, Hey, like don't go out of here and waste your life. Like, go out into your life and, and and live it and take full advantage of every opportunity you have to be maybe the only Jesus somebody sees and then hopefully again we we work with them and an opportunity the people that we're coming in contact with to be able to like really share the gospel with them like from you know from A to Z
0: mm. you know Catherine growing up in the South and you and I both grew up in rural communities you, you never been to where I grew up and it looks a lot like Buffalo but uh, I have been to Buffalo. But uh, the, um, growing up in the, in the Deep South, everybody's a Christian. Right. If you ask them. Right. You know, if you ask them. And then when you begin to see the numbers, we've been talking about on Sundays where 70% of homes in Spartanburg County are not connected to— Shocking. It is shocking. I mean, it really is shocking. And then you compound that with 10,000 people moved to this county last year, and you, you may have seen that in the uptick of patients. We've all seen it in the uptick of traffic. So—, so when you think about impact, though, um, in an environment where we're trying to teach people what the true gospel is, think about your girlfriends. Think about the people you're around, girls you went to college with, young ladies you grew up with who are now wives and moms, most of them statistically, well over 95% of the population will marry at some point. So most of the girls you grew up with are probably wives and mamas. Uh, and, and think about the professions, professionals you work with, people you work out you know, you do life with. How many of them need to be impacted by the gospel?
1: All of them, 100%. We okay. all do.
0: Yeah. What do you see in their lives that's missing? And I'm not asking to be judgmental. I'm just saying when you get burdened for a friend, what what, what is it that's missing? That's a big question. It, it is.
1: Individual question. I
0: mean, yeah.
1: you know— I guess the right answer is Jesus. Sure. That's, that's, the, that's the Sunday school. It is. It's almost tip. always it, the right that, answer, that's, right? Raise your hand and say Jesus. You're, that's you're right. right. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they're not getting that at almost daily, but at least weekly or bi-weekly, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual cup filled with mm-hmm. a highly impactful church, then it's when you do go through the valleys that we're all going to go through in life as sure. wives and moms and friends and sisters and whatever. Yeah. Yeah going to be even harder.
0: Have you seen any of those people that you might describe as being either very young in their faith or n- maybe not truly saved be changed or be impacted deeply by the ministry of our church?
1: Yes. I'm trying to think of a good example.
0: That's all right. When you think about those people, why 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 would should we not be scared to be highly impactful? Because you know, there's some honest pushback among people, among mamas, among wives, among dads. You say, hey, look, our church is its big enough. We've got enough to deal with. I mean, you know, I don't want to lose our community. What? what how do we balance that?
1: By the size of it.
0: Yeah.
1: I like the, the multi-site yeah. method you got going. I think that's going to be helpful. Yeah. Um, small groups are huge
0: yeah have that meant a lot to you guys oh yeah love a small group what, what kind of impact does that make in your life
1: i think there's nothing like it i mean you just get into such good conversations and you really get to know one another and pray with one another for through everything yeah um i mean if caleb and i've been involved in a small group of some sort ever since we were married and i just think that's huge oh, for any gosh. marriage it's like,
0: irreplaceable
1: it is um I think that's one of the biggest things is yeah. being involved in a small group.
0: Because it's that relational aspect yes. of of that. You know, Gabe, what do you think about a church? Because you're in lay leadership now. You know, you're a deacon. And so, you know, there could be some, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not, I just want to say I'm not dealing with pushback from from our leaders. I've, I've felt a lot of affirmation, a lot of excitement, because I don't think I articulated this vision. I think it's from the Lord, and I think we've all kind of wrestled with it. So it's not, not as if I'm behind the curtain pulling pulling ropes or the puppet strings uh this is uh this is a group effort, but what do you say to people who say you know our church is big enough or why do we need to do multi campuses shouldn't we let other churches do that or what, what 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 would your answer be
2: Well, I think first answer would be what if this church would have said we were big enough before you came hmm. um number one number yeah. two would be. If we, if you believe in the vision that we're that we're articulating, that people need Christ, people need a good understanding of who He is, they need to understand what His Word says and how to properly apply it to their life mm. in a way that is legitimate, yeah, and not manufactured or you know coming from with uh, some kind of agenda. Mm-hmm. Then why would we not want to get as many people under? our leadership underneath our teaching and exposition and uh, underneath our, um, I'll say programming from the standpoint of, like Catherine was talking about, small group yeah. fellowship, because that's what I've seen, personally, seen make a dramatic difference uh, in our life of this church as well. And in, in, our, in my life, my friends' lives, mm. is as we've been able to send a, sit under proper teaching from, yeah. from you and your leadership, and then as the church has gotten larger to see us get smaller with yeah. a tremendous amount of small groups where you've got you know 10 to 15 people in, in most settings right yeah. there, maybe 10 to 16 because we'll not have <laughs> couples that aren't married right there, right. Um, sit together. In a married and de- group. And, and, we have right, single group. Yeah, sure. And develop that those relationships with one another. Yeah, um, That's where we've seen the church get smaller as it's gotten bigger. And so why would we not want to take advantage of this opportunity? Uh, and man, my goodness, like you said, with the growth of our county, the growth of the upstate, it seems like everybody kind of found out about us, you know, really, mm-hmm. uh, I the the neck of the woods that we live in.
0: Yeah, my joke is I wasn't born in the upstate of South Carolina, but I got here as fast as I could. Yeah, (laughs) and a lot of folks
2: are doing that as well. So it's like we've got all these people from different nations and different parts of our nation that are coming here, and they need the truth. So if we got the truth and we know that we do, then yeah. we need to get it to them as quickly as possible in an, in an effective
0: manner. And that's know, not in existence. competition with our sister churches. Absolutely not. Man, we no. rejoice in what they're well, doing and yeah,
2: work with and, them. And, and here's the thing. Cheer them like, on. If you, if you see a, a Burger King, you're going to see a Wendy's across the street, right? Like It's it's <laughs> yeah. one of those things like it's, there's more people eating cheeseburgers, right? Right. So if we can help those smaller sister churches, I don't want to say smaller churches, sister churches, sure. to reach people with the gospel in an effective way, then let's do it.
0: I have a friend I had lunch with. Uh, who was telling me about um, uh, how many people in his church are deeply committed to his church and are all in, but they love our midweek and they bring their kids over to midweek. And midweek we, is what's up. Yeah, and we and we rejoice in that. Like we <laughs> we love it. It's 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 incredible. And like most things around here that run really well, I, I have nothing to do with. I just <laughs> I walk around and drink coffee and shake hands and and get to know people in relationship. You know. Uh, at some point, you know, we all got our highest honor in life as far as a, a task and a responsibility when we got the opportunity to be parents, you know. And obviously, both of you are licensed medical professionals. You know, you don't just breeze through PA school. That's, that's some hard stuff. Um, you know, you, 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 you have a lot of influence on people's lives. You consult them in their medical decisions and care for their bodies and, as you said, their soul and their spirit – But there's no greater influence you have than on those three boys you have. So when you think about a church that's highly impactful as a mom, how how does that set? What resonates with you about that?
1: You ask hard questions. I do. You do. That's your job. Um,
0: What do you want to see happen in your son's lives?
1: I want them to continue to grow spiritually. I mean, I get it, you know, as as their mama, and Caleb as their daddy, that's our job primarily, you know, sure. as their, on their as their earthly parents to do it. But it's awesome being able to bring them into a church on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. To, that
0: reinforces.
1: Yes, um, to get that. Um, and so I love that they have these volunteers who serve and mm-hmm. teach them at these other times. And it's just been a, a true blessing to see them as they—meet uh, them at their level, whatever yeah. it's been. For Woods, the youngest, you know, I guess he was— Three when we started four, I, mm-hmm. four maybe, oh, you know, to meet them at their level and teach them appropriately at their age, mm-hmm. and um, and they're getting into small groups and all that too, and building friendships, relationships, and because I'm seeing as you know we're getting into these middle school ages that it's that, that matters is oh, what yeah? their friends tell them to do. You know, they're going to do what their what their friends says
0: is cool. That's exactly right.
1: So that's neat, and then you know also on the other side of that, for us to be teaching children.
0: It's I was going to ask to you see. about that. You, you teach. Where, where do you teach in our church?
1: Um, right now we're doing fourth grade girls, which is interesting. Fourth you know, grade it's, it's, girls. We don't have girls, but— um, I
0: You're think just looking for three good ones. You're going to pick them out early. You're
1: exactly—I'm looking for—praying for daughter-in-laws. That's praying all I'm doing. Praying for I don't that, blame that's,
0: that's, I, I you. I'm not against bringing back the whole arranged marriage. I, I think it's a I wonder a great if our plan. ancestors really were on to something there. I think it's brilliant. Because, you know, you, you, you pretty much make your worst decisions when you're young— Right. And that's when you pick a spouse, you know. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure Laurel would. She might revisit that. I don't. I don't know. <sighs> I don't know if she would or not. But, but so you're teaching fourth grade girls, and what's that been like?
1: It's been awesome. I said. I think I said this in our smoke a couple weeks ago. Is that in the past when we served? I feel like we selfishly would volunteer to serve in a like in with one of our kids' age groups or logistically where it fit our life better. You know, we didn't want to serve to the eleven o'clock service because we wanted to sleep in or whatever. But then, you know, when this new season started, I was like, um reached out and I think it was Pastor Alex I was talking to and he was like we just have I said, wherever you have a need, put us there. And just prayed and that's that's where he put us. And so it was to me, it was really neat to see that when I step back to like letting Catherine be a control freak, that right. I can You're be. You're
0: kidding. No. Okay.
1: Well, I was <laughs> trying to not be. And it was amazing. Like when yeah. I, I let the You Lord... would have
0: never picked fourth grade girls, which seriously. No,
1: no not not in a minute, not right. at all. That's right. And so I just think it's amazing. And we've gotten to build some relationships with these girls already. Like it's it's been awesome. I feel mm. like we've just seen they teach us something too. And it's just they're a great group and we love them and it's it's been it's been awesome to see well,
0: them. Well, and I think you you just touched on it. You mentioned words like relationship and love. That's impact. Yes. You know, I mean, and to be honest with you, we can print curriculum and give it to somebody and they can pull them in a classroom, make them relatively but behave relatively well and go through an outline. And and again, teaching God's word is very important. But teaching God's word in that environment happens so much better in the context of a man and a woman who say, we're going to invest one hour a week in these young ladies. And then from that comes those friendships and relationships. And the cool thing is, and Gabe, you know this because you've taught for years, you'll see them when they're 18 years old and headed to college, and they're going to remember Miss Catherine. I don't
1: know. Well, maybe we'll
0: see. But Oh, yeah. You I, will. I
1: will remember them. It's been, I, we love it, really. Yeah, it's been
0: awesome. They're, they're going to remember you. They're going to remember that I can still put my finger in my mind on the face and, and the lives of, of people who taught me the Bible before anybody ever thought. I would be a. I can assure you, my fourth grade Sunday school teacher did not see Reverend DJ Horton in the future. I can assure you of that. I can assure you of that. Gabe, where are you serving right now in our church? Uh, I am with the seventh grade boys. Uh, goodness yeah. gracious! Uh-huh. Seventh Sorry. grade boys. About to go over there in a little bit. Uh, yeah, you teach them on. Mid-week. So you teach on midweek, Wednesday nights, or Sunday mornings. What do you? Yeah, do?
2: we do uh, Sunday mornings with those guys, and midweek I'm just kind of a floater volunteer. Yeah, but you hang out,
0: to so do, you get hang up, okay. see, get seen, hang Yeah, so that's uh,
2: that's been good. My wife and I. We we've, we've talked kind of all up and down that children's hall. And yeah, you have. And I've kind of jumped over into the youth. She's still teaching first grade boys right now. I'm teaching seventh grade boys. Mm-hmm.
0: And seventh, I have a seventh
2: grade boy, and the, he and he is great in there.
0: Oh, you. he's in your class? Yes. Oh, I'm in a movie. I'm not sure. No, he's, I'm so
2: comfortable with that. Yeah, I'm not sure the theology is <laughs> right coming from me. But, yeah, uh, but he's yeah. So it's it's good, you know. And and what an amazing. I'll be talking about being highly impactful. I mean, I yeah. I really feel the most weight. Of you know of this whole situation having to go before those boys because yeah. they are at such a pivotal time and age in their life where they're they're asking questions that I never asked when I was well they're developing grade, their man. faith absolutely and so like we got to be on our A game every week when yeah. we we'll go in there we got to know our stuff and then not only we got to be able to back it up you know meaning that knowing that I'm going to face those boys on Sunday mm-hmm. morning means that on Monday through Saturday, I better have my stuff together as well. And I better be doing what I'm telling them to do as far as staying in the word, staying pure, great prayer life, treating my family right, keeping the main thing, the main thing, because I want to be able to go in front of those guys with integrity on Sunday morning. So it's a great challenge and help, you know, knowing that I've got to face them, that I better have my stuff
0: together throughout the rest of the week. So last question, you say ask hard questions, but last (laughs) questions, you know, as lay people, Lay woman, layman, when you think about what we could do in 10 years, what do you think? And you can answer that any way you want, but what kind of impact do you think that Church at the Mill could do if it's not about pastor buying in. That's kind of my job. Like I, if I don't buy in, then you guys need to find a new me. But if if everyday members who are out there working, they're raising their families, they're loving their spouses, the they, they God's called them to live in Spartanburg, if they get this... What do you think it would look like in ten years? And you can talk about it like it would look this way spiritually. You could say well, it would look this way. I don't care how you describe it. What do you think it looks like in ten years if we have a, a highly impactful church? Yeah, I you go first.
1: Oh, okay. You use bigger words than I do. I'll go first with my
0: with my little country words.
1: Um, I mean, I'd love to see that percentage of unchurched Spartanburg. What's the word? Spartanburgers. Spartanburgers? Yeah,
0: residents. Residents Spartanburg of Spartanburg. Residents. That's, yeah. I want to see
1: that percentage go down. I want to see more believers. I think we could definitely do that if we do go mm, all in. And, I love that. You know, make that percentage go.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I like numbers. I look
0: yeah, at numbers. Yeah, sure, sure.
1: I know that's not the, the main thing, but.
0: Well, but, but, it, but you're not uh, talking but, about numbers. You're talking about souls.
1: Yes, yes. I'd like to see more souls saved. I'd want to see parking lots full on Sundays at multiple sites. Locations.
0: Yes. Mm. Um.
1: So that we don't have to all sit in line for an hour to get out.
0: The yeah. Run light. But, yeah, you want to send people out, don't you? I, 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 right. Right.
1: I didn't say it, but you, you yeah. said it. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm trying to get smaller. You, I'm are, you are.
1: You are. You're trying. Um, I mean, that, that's the ultimate goal. I guess that's the the big answer to see more souls saved for Christ and to turn Spartanburg around because we are we're growing. So I want to make it grow the right way. Like if there are all these people who are coming here, let's let's lead them to the Lord. And
0: yeah, well, you know, one of the things you read about in old revivals, they one of the greatest stories. There was a there was a pretty pretty significant revival in in Europe and. And uh, the, the one of the legends out of the revival, and I'll, I'll probably misquote it, but uh, so many people got saved on the, in the hillside in the countries. They had to retrain the mules in the coal mines. Wow! Because the mules had been trained to to obey commands that were cuss words, and the men quit cussing. And and uh, and there were so many lives changed that 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 they had to retrain the mules because the men cleaned their language up. And I just think about Gabe, you're where you are and how you minister to people spiritually what what do you think about impact 10 years from now nationwide revival nationwide i mean I, i've
2: seen i felt the lord's hand on this church my whole life yeah i've seen it rise and i've seen it almost get taken out then yeah. i saw it rise again and almost get taken out yeah and then i've seen it continue to rise yeah and let's not do the taken out thing we're <laughs> not we're yeah. not you no. know and that's what I see, I mean, going from Spartanburg, like y'all were just talking about, spreading across the state, spreading across the upstate North Carolina and south carolina georgia our little our little circle right here, and then going nationwide um calling people the Lord calling people back to him mm. and then it it's starting right mm. here i mean that's and that might be too small, you know, I think the Lord says he's on he's gonna exceed our every expectation yeah. and um, but I feel like that God's hand has been here. I feel like the Lord put this place here for a reason. I think that God's got us in this time right now because more than ever, people need the Lord mm. in our in the upstate. They need the Lord in our country. Our country's just yeah. a mess. Um, and it's because people don't know who they are in Christ and they don't know who Christ is. They don't yeah. have a real picture of who he is and who they are in relation to them. And if we can help them to understand that, then
0: it's a game changer. Mm. And that's what I think God's going to do with this. I love that. You guys are getting me emotional when I listen to what Catherine said and what you said. I, I I, believe it. I do. I I do. And I look around at all that he's given us, and I think we'll have an opportunity to do something special. You know, I think you you mentioned your boys. Are they all W's? Wilson? They
1: are. Wilson? Wallace. Wallace. And Woods.
0: And Woods. I love that. But, you know, I, I think about their lives. And the same is true your kids, Gabe, who are good friends with my kids, but you know, you know, one day they're gonna be, in your case, we hope, husbands. Well, it depends on who they marry, but we hope they're husbands and <laughs> and fathers. You know, and I think about like your son's grandchildren. Will their lives be different because of what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. They may not live here, but they they may say, you know, I, I know for our family, my great-grandmother raised my grandfather in a church that experienced a dynamic revival, and it it impacted our life. That's what I think about, you know. And, you know, one of the things I'm going to say this coming Sunday is that if you want that, you don't grow a crowd. You grow a church. Mm-hmm. But you can't really grow a church. You grow Christians. And when you grow Christians, you'll get a growing church. And if you got a growing church— you'll have a great crowd. And that, that to me, is what highly impactful is. I've talked over the weeks that we've recorded these with some incredible folks, but I still just love my church members. And I appreciate y'all taking time to be with me today. Did you enjoy it, Gabe? Yes, sir. Yeah, you All got a little right. podcast history man. Catherine, this is your first one. You're probably addicted, aren't you? I am in
1: shock right now. The microphones and ear things
0: or? i mean you look like I mean, did she not feel the part I, I think you ought to think about it i okay. think you ought, to, you're, you ought to do it I'm, I'm
1: okay
0: you, you never first know time, first time. you <laughs> never know i i I've, I've enjoyed it hey for those of you who are tuning in thank you so much for taking a minute just to go down this conversation with us i hope you enjoy what we try to accomplish in my discussion with gabe and Catherine, two real people living real lives, raising their families, certainly committed to their spouses and their professions. They're teaching and ministering in our church. They're serving. And I hope that's your story, especially if you're part of Church of the Mill. And if you're not serving and you're a part of our church, let's change that. Let's get you involved. And if you're a part of another church family, make sure that you're positioning yourself to make a high impact on people's lives. Because at Church of the Mill, that's what we want to do. We want to be deeply faithful, remarkably healthy and highly impactful, and that starts with people like you and me making a decision that we're going to leverage our lives for the gospel. Until next time, hope you stay encouraged in his word, and we look forward to hearing from you and seeing you soon.